Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and writer with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join us as we dive into anything and everything that's on our plate slash on our mind. Hello, everyone. What's up? Happy October, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We record these a little early. (laughs) We batched this one, as they say, in podcast lingo. Mm -hmm. But, you know. Yeah. Happy fall. Yeah. It'll definitely be fall by the time this is out. Hopefully we um, aren't currently knee-deep in snow. Oh, God. Who knows with today's weather, you know? Sure hope not. Gurms is here, little Gilmore. He's doing a stretch. Doing a thing. Looking <laughs> mad cute. Yeah. He's going to come over for some Protecting pets. us for some, for some recording time. <laughs> yes. He's so sweet. Yeah. So I guess we'll get right into it for this one. Yeah. This is a fun one. We're going to talk about nostalgic foods and stuff of like tastes like home. Yeah. So if you're hungry right now, you might want to go Sorry. get a snack. <laughs> Sorry about it. Get some snacks. Yep. And also, this is definitely one I hope that people can chime in about because mm. we all have certain foods that are nostalgic and special to our childhood. So yeah, so we'd if you love have, to know if you have a moment during this episode where Gilmore, <laughs> where um, you think, oh gosh, that makes me think of this, and I wish they would have talked yes. about that, then give us a call. The number is seven one seven. Nine six four zero two one five. Yeah, this is like we want this to be a collaborative thing because there are so many, especially early two thousands, nineties snacks, food stuff. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, or older. If if you're an older listener, like let us know. Right, teach us. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mom. Okay, so salty sweets are first. I'll start with my sweet, just to keep it. Lighter. Yeah. And it's going to get yeah. kind of dark. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know me. It's <laughs> bringing the heavy hitters. <laughs> she don't hold back. Um, my sweet is that I finally started watching the show Younger. Have you ever watched it? I have not. It's just one of those fun shows you put on. Makes you feel good. It's not going to stress you out. Not really. Or whatever. I'm only on... It's like a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. So as of recording, I'm on season three, but there's seven. Well, my girl Sutton Foster, who is... Oh, you were a big fan? A musical theater legend, if you Mm -hmm. don't know that. I did know. She's a legend. Like, Mm -hmm. you know that Amy Sherman Palladino has another show with Sutton Foster. But Bunheads, yes. Which is not very good. No, no. Yeah. 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 But if you love Sutton Foster, you would love it. Because it's her and Hilary Duff. Lizzie McGuire. Uh, duh. <laughs> um, but the first two seasons are only 12 episodes and it's a 20-minute show. So oh. it's perfect for binging. Yeah. Yeah. It's great for like, if you're like a weekend alone. Yeah. Just scroll time. Hang out with Younger. Where can you watch it? On Hulu. Okay. So I actually ended up upgrading us to Hulu with no ads because it was so annoying with this show. For a 20-minute show crazy? and it had like four ad breaks. And it's just like we're no. so spoiled with Netflix and oh other streaming gosh. things because yeah. su- when I watch uh, what uh, Handmaid Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale, Tale. Mm-hmm. on Hulu, it's the worst. Oh yeah, it's so nice watching Handmaid's Tale without ads now. I'm sure. Anyway. Oh, but yeah. So the premise Younger. of the show is that Sutton Foster plays a 40 year old recently divorced woman. 
who's trying to get back into the publishing industry, and no one will really hire her because she's been out of the game for a while. Right, kind of ageist. Yes. Yeah. So she pretends to be 26. So they'll, you know, but she's dating and she's living with a really fun artist friend in a loft in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And which, by the way, that actress is 10, 10 or 11 years older than Sutton Foster in real life. Looks incredible. <laughs> I mean, they crazy? both do. Yeah. Because Sutton Foster actually was, I think, 40 or 39 in filming season one. And she's playing a, 20, a woman 26. who's pretending to be 26. 26 right. Which is like... Maybe a tiny bit of a stretch, but mm-hmm. she looks incredible. So it's, it's supposed to, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and it's TV, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. So I always like having a fun show like that. Yeah. That I can just throw Definitely. on. And with it being 20 minutes long, I feel like, oh, I have to eat lunch and I don't feel like doing it. Like, I just need a little brain break, mm-hmm. you know, just put on an episode and then move on with your day. So that's a good suite. Or watch 12 in a row. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're feeling that day. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, my suite is that I feel like I've, I've like nearly perfected our red curry recipe. Mm. Like it's been a long, tedious, not, not tedious. Um, I've just always loved Thai food. So when I first moved out of my parents' house, my parents aren't, we'll talk about our parents cooking in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I moved out, I wanted to like learn how to make things that my parents didn't typically make at home. Mm -hmm. And one of those was Thai food. Um, and so the first thing was trying to make pineapple chicken red curry. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first couple ones were just sort of like, eh, whatever. And there's this place in Harrisburg called Bangkok Walk that is like phenomenal, phenomenal Thai food. And I always wanted to like get to that level of curry that they make. Mm -hmm. So so bomb. Um, so I finally feel like I've nearly perfected it. And the secret is you buy the cheap curry paste. Oh. At Wegmans. Okay. Which is true. To, like it's in a, it kind of looks like a cat food sort of container. Like a. Really? Yeah. It's, huh. it's does not look like great at all. But I was just like, you, you know what? You use the whole container The then? whole thing. Okay. Dump it in. So it's mm-hmm. like one of those to three uh, coconut milk cans. Okay. Um, but, but this is spicy, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. That's why I can't trust curry paste because it's always yeah. too spicy. It's, that's true. And I think that's, that's what I kept running into is these like sort of mm. pre-made curry paste mm-hmm. that they sell in most grocery stores. It's like taste of Thai is probably yeah. the most popular one. Mm-hmm. They definitely dilute it. So it's not very spicy. So the okay. average consumer can probably eat it without any problem. Yeah. So but it's just me. not good. No, yeah. Well, you guys are super sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's just not very good. It's kind of like, eh. So finally I like branched out and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try a bunch of curry paste and this is the one. Okay. I will, I guess we'll link to it. Yeah. Um, I know what no it's idea called? how to say it. Oh, it's, it's like, in like Thai. Oh, okay. So. You'll find it on Amazon or right. something. Oh, no, or it, at the very least I'll send you the Wegmans link. Yeah. So. Something. So it, you guys can So reference. you can identify and be like, oh, that's the stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we made it this past week and I was just like, I feel like. I am this close to mm-hmm. actually feeling like I did it. Well, that's good. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's always exciting when you finally hit a spot in a recipe where yeah. you've perfected it. Plus then if you keep your pantry stocked with that stuff yes. and cans of coconut milk, it's a yep. nice quick kind of pantry recipe. And it's pretty healthy. Like it's, it has rice or whatever, but it's mostly mm-hmm. veggies, chicken, coconut milk. Right. Like, yeah. come on. That's awesome. So yeah, that's my sweet. I'm feeling pretty proud of that. Cool. Well, my salty 
Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Is that... So, I've started to do some more serious research about being realistic about how much it's actually going to cost to have a child. Oh, Lord. Yeah, because... We've had many a conversation about yeah, this Yeah, you know air. how I feel about yeah. this. Because <laughs> um, as we've discussed, I am a saver and a planner, so I'm kind of trying to ballpark mm-hmm. how much money do we really need to put away Realistically, for, for me to feel comfortable yeah. before we go down that road. Like you're not paying for the kid's college, but just to, no. just to raise yes. a young child. Just to birth a child. Right. Like, are you thinking, like, first three years or, like, first couple years? No, I'm talking, like, just birthing. Yes. Oh, like, it, first year, I oh, would Lord. say. And it's so disheartening because I, first of all, I did the math on my own and it freaked me out. So then, and this is me just kind of thinking and, like, what expenses we have to consider, like, unpaid time off of work. And whatever. Like, does your insurance cover for certain things? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so frustrating. Basically, if you are planning for daycare five days a week, which we would be, for a young child, you're looking at at least $1,000 a month. So I'm like, right off the bat, we have to find $1,000 to $1,500 a month Mm. just in our normal budget for once a child enters our life. But then there's also the cost of birthing a child, which the average cost in America is $15,000. And that's like with insurance. Yeah. So, so there's that. And, you know, I'm just adding it all up. And so then I Googled, how much does it cost for a millennial to have a child? And basically the average cost for the first year, because, you know, people say, oh, you spend $250,000 in the first 18 years of a kid's Mm -hmm. life. So people think, oh, yeah, kids are expensive, whatever. But if you look at the first year, which is a huge chunk of that money, and it's all in one year, the average cost of the first year is like $30,000. I have no doubt that that is accurate. Yeah. Think about how many doctor's visits and checkups and Mm -hmm. shots and vaccines or whatever it is that you have to go just for that, not to mention birthing it. I know. All the things you need for it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just wild. Yeah, it's insane. And um, it the article I was reading said, basically, is anywhere from, like, 25000 to $50,000 in the first year, depending on where you live, what your income level is, and kind of, like, what your expenses are, because daycare can really fluctuate and whatever. And the people they interviewed or surveyed said it was, like, all people who – wanted to save or attempted to save before having a kid and because they knew it would cost money, but they all thought it would cost somewhere between $1,000 and $5,000. And it 30, was actually like thirty to 50000 I mean, it's just, we've talked about this a lot. Whenever people say like, oh, like, you know, so many people make it work. Like, there's no perfect time to have a kid. It's mm-hmm. extremely... Um, frustrating to hear that because if you're trying to be responsible with your money Mm -hmm. um no it doesn't just happen yeah it doesn't just happen like some people say like oh well if daycare is so expensive then like just stay home it's like well if i can't afford a thousand dollars a month for 
childcare, what makes you think that we can suddenly survive on one of our incomes? It literally makes no, no sense. It, and it never will because it then, not to mention the repercussions of you potentially leaving your workforce mm-hmm. and then trying to re-enter it at some point. Yeah, which for women is like a huge hit. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and also it's like, I'm sorry, but I don't plan to stay home as a full-time parent. No. You know, like... Props to anyone who wants to do that, but that's just not what I envisioned for myself. And you and, and I both don't have, think I would be fulfilled in that way. We both have parents that work as well. It's not like we can ship them off to grandparents. Exactly. So. I don't have free grandparents yeah. um, daycare available. So, Ugh. yeah, it's just so frustrating. And I actually had a conversation with my parents recently to kind of ask them the logistics of what was it really like when you guys had us? Mm-hmm. How much time did mom take off? How much time did dad take off? What kind of help did you have? Like, how much did it cost for you to birth a child? And it just made it so crystal clear how their generation had yep. it so much easier. Yep. Like, it basically cost them nothing because health insurance was so much better at the time. And my mom took, like, seven months off and stuff. Like, I don't think it was paid, but still, it's like, but you were in a position where you were able to live on one income. Yep. And that's... And make it work. It's simply not possible for us. It's not possible. And you are two working individuals with full-time jobs with benefits. Full-time jobs Imagine in our people fields. who don't have that. Exactly. So that's why it just... It's really sad because I feel like the more that I look into it, I feel like you have to be straight up rich to have a kid on purpose yep. in America. Yep. And that's not good. No. It's not good. We got to change it. Because honestly, know. like... I mean, we already are way overpopulated in this universe, but um, (laughs) it's just, it just is a barrier that a lot of our generation is facing right now Mm -hmm. when it comes time to deciding what the next chapter is because finances we're already struggling with. I know. So something's got to give. And I would say the two main things that comes down to, at least for me and Robert, is student loans and healthcare. Yep. And yeah. And thankfully we have people who are running on those two things. Yeah. For election. So I maybe know. things could change. Cuz yeah, for our generation those two things are so important. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> Man, yeah. that's a heavy hitter. Mine's not yeah. mine's not so heavy for us. All right, bring us into the lighter area. Okay, the lighter area. This is like t- such a first world problem. <laughs> um so I'm a teacher and um I am also young, so, and I, and I like Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag, like, I'm pretty young. I'm young. Um, but the, the problem I'm having right now is that I feel like my money is going towards a wardrobe Mm -hmm. that I don't really like. Oh, yeah. Like, you're buying your teacher outfits that are so regulated. Business professional and, like, so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, work pants, but they can't be, like... Jeans, mm-hmm. even though you can definitely make jeans look professional. Yeah. People do it all the time. Yeah. But in our, like, sort of culture, work culture, like, no, that's not mm-hmm. a thing. You would totally be judged if you wore that. And, in fact, you probably would get, like, called up to the principal and be right. like, you can't wear these anymore. Yeah. Also, you I teach middle school, detention. so that's, like, a whole different thing. It's, like, hormones and boys and, oh, oh boys looking at you. And I have a larger chest, so I'm constantly worried about, like, right. even button downs. Like, I don't want to wear button downs because if I turn to the side, like, oh, Anyway, I just feel like all my money, yeah. I, I said this in the last episode, we were talking about budgeting for travel. Like, I don't even really give myself a budget for clothing unless mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, I need new stuff. Like, I have holes in my pants. Right, yeah. So, 
all my money is going towards a wardrobe that I don't even really like, but I have to buy just to exist on. Yeah. So I'm trying my best to like find other Instagram accounts of teachers who are young and cute and whatever. Yeah. But it's just not realistic to like buy these cute clothes because I'm constantly on the floor. I'm constantly getting spit on me because of instruments and I'm sweating because I'm up and I'm moving. So I can't really buy these high quality items because I'm just going to ruin them. It's like, I saw a really good post somewhere that a teacher wrote about how teachers should wear jeans or even like yoga pants, especially if you're teaching young kids and you're constantly getting on the floor and then getting up and bending over and doing all these things. Making a mess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... I went to like Old Navy just because it's cheap and professional enough Mm -hmm. that um, I'll buy things that'll just get me through like this year. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to invest anything better than that because I'm literally just going to ruin them. Right. And also I just don't like it. Like why would I invest a ton of money in a Mm -hmm. pair of work pants that look just like these $20 ones? And And you're not going to wear them anywhere but work. And the kicker is then all my money's going towards this teacher wardrobe when I really would rather buy clothes that I actually would want to wear right at home Mm -hmm. so I feel like my wardrobe has like a double life and I don't like it so if anyone has any recommendations hit me up right because it's just I just feel like my money is getting funneled into this this uncontrollable Mm -hmm. pit that I don't even like spending on yeah and that sucks yeah it's not great. And our air conditioner hasn't been working really well, so that's a whole different thing. Oh. So I'm constantly, like, I have my hair look, looking cute, and then I walk into my room, and it's humid, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh. why did I try it? Right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, should we get into our main discussion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tastes like home. Nostalgic foods. Here we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so this kind of came as an idea from our 90s nostalgia episode because we yeah. realized we didn't really talk about foods. No. We totally glazed over that. Like, we didn't even... Yeah. So yeah. this is a way for us to talk specifically about nostalgic foods. But also I wanted to mention this, like, totally fits in with it that um, you came up with the episode title idea, Tastes Like Home. But my mom used to subscribe to the magazine called Taste, Taste of, of Home. Home. I remember it, yeah. Did your mom get it too? Yeah, definitely. So or maybe it was like part of another magazine subscription or something. But I remember been. seeing it. Yeah. But my mom, she would look at it a lot, but I can remember a few times when my mom would get very annoyed because having three kids, no matter what was made for dinner, someone yep. complains. What did your mom do in that moment? Because I'll tell you how my parents always. Okay, so if we complain, which by the way, Spoiler alert, my mom was the main cook in our family. So I'm not trying to be, like, sexist or whatever. Yeah. I'm saying my mom made dinner, but my mom did make dinner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and if we would say, what's for dinner? And then she'd tell us, and we'd be like, eh, I don't like that. And she said, well, why don't you tell me what you want for dinner? I always ask you guys, what do you want for dinner? And you say, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So one time she got really fed up with it, and she gave us this stack of Taste of Home magazines and said, I want you to go through these and pick out stuff that you think looks good, and then I'll make it. But it, it was almost like a punishment. You're like, I don't want to do it, Mom. <laughs> and yeah, and she, which, like, good on her, because it's like, yeah. 
you know, if we're going to complain about everything she makes and just That's like, fine, then tell me yeah. what you want to make. I'll make it. I don't care. And, um, but I remember one of the things I had picked was this like tater tot meatball <laughs> casserole. I think she only ever made it once, but I remember I really liked it, but it was this really good memory of being out in our front yard after a snowstorm. So it was dark out and I was just playing in the snow in our front yard and then to get called in for dinner into the warm house, and we were eating this tater tot. Yeah, it was either tater tot meatball or like a pizza tater tot Sounds casserole. Very, like Midwestern, like yeah, a casserole. And we she had never made anything like it before, and I think it was one I had picked out because mm-hmm. I think that's probably why it's stuck in my brain. But yeah, I have this very strong memory of that, and also my mom reading Taste of Home, but also being angry and like throwing that's them at of, us. I kind of love that. It's kind of a genius <laughs> idea. She's like tell me what to make because as kids we totally did that we were Mm -hmm. like i don't want that so we had i think very different my dad was actually the cook in my family but my dad worked later so my mom would come home and she would she would admit she's she's actually fallen more into cooking as she's gotten older Mm -hmm. and it's not like a utilitarian thing as much anymore yeah because that's how cooking is when you're a parent oh for sure you just have to get something on the plates dude yeah I'm not a parent, but I know I are. I'm already scared about it. And I like to cook. Yeah. But I'm worried about it. Because even now, it's every week. It's like, what are we making for dinner? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my dad was actually the better cook. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a really great baker. He like okay. he like had all these like family recipes from my nana who's from the south. Mm-hmm. Um, but he worked later, so my mom was sort of faced with the task of cooking. Unfortunately, <laughs> based off of how their yeah. schedules worked out, mm-hmm. if my dad was home for whatever reason, he would cook. Mm-hmm. And I always loved when my dad cook. Uh oh, it was always better. Sorry, Uh-oh. mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. She would probably admit to it anyway. But yeah. she just you know didn't like it. It was mm-hmm. a lot of like frozen meals. Okay, and so. I don't remember being too picky of an eater, but I do remember Will, my brother, occasionally would be like, I don't want to eat spaghetti again or whatever whatever it was. And then she was like, fine, cook something yourself. Okay. So then my mom was, she like took like a weekday to teach my, yeah, like a weekend day to teach my brother how to make like eggs and how to make like a grilled cheese or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. But she was like, I'm not preparing two meals. If you want something, mm-hmm. you can make it yourself. Yeah. And I remember he did that a couple times. And then it sort of became this thing where he's like, well, I don't want to do that. So I guess I'll just eat it. Right. So. Well, that's good, though. It probably gave him more of an appreciation for the work she did. Yeah. So he's like, well, I don't want to do that for myself. Did your parents do frozen meals a lot? Not frozen meals, but there are definitely, like, the frozen vegetable medleys yep. that would get warmed up. Or about, like, occasional, meatballs? like, fish sticks or something. What about kids' cuisine? No. We didn't have, we didn't have them that much because they were expensive, but like occasionally, like when they were on sale, my parents would buy kids' cuisine. And okay. that was a real treat. See, that w- I bet you that was out of the budget. My oh. mom was also a couponer. My parents weren't super couponers, but. My mom was, it was like, my, so my mom worked when I was growing up, but only like three days a week, and her hours were such that she could pick us up from school. So she was done working by like 3 yeah. p.m., even on the days she worked. And my dad would, he was commuting from Harrisburg. So he would basically yeah. get home in time to eat dinner. So my mom was always the one doing the shopping and the cooking. And um, there's a thing my mom would say where we would ask for something. And she would say, I can't get that. You guys like it too much. <laughs> but, but what that means was 
Like, especially cookies or something. Oh, yeah, She's like, sweets. I can't get those cookies. You like it too much. Meaning, you'll eat it in one day and then it's gone. And rather than lasting the week. True. So, it was like, you couldn't like something too much. You had to ration it. Yeah. 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 Or that's not that's on sale hilarious. or something. So, so, you... So, out of your parents' cooking, who do you think was actually the better cook? Like, oh. could your dad cook? Huh. Okay. My dad still has, like, one recipe he can make. Okay. Although, okay. to my dad's credit, my dad made breakfasts and lunches. So, like, in the mornings when my mom Sharing would, like, get ready and, like, take a shower, do her hair, my dad was in the kitchen, like, making toast for everyone and also making the sandwiches for lunch and packing lunches. There you go. So, he did all that stuff. Um, But, yeah, my dad... <laughs> My parents always tell a story about when they, I think when they first got married, my dad had moved for a job and lived on his own for like a few months, I think. And the only thing my dad knew how to make was spaghetti with hot dogs. (laughs) So he would make spaghetti, but his meat was hot dogs that he would cut up and put in. Apparently he gained like 20 pounds because he, it was the only thing he would eat. And he probably ate way too much. So I had, like, dumped it all in there. I was just like, let's go. Exactly. And my dad loves spaghetti. So Well, I kind of don't. You don't like spaghetti? It's... Like what, red sauce spaghetti? It's probably one of my least favorite pastas. <gasps> yeah. Oh, we differ. Yeah. Yeah. So... And we can get into that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, actually, and now... Um, my parents also, they don't cook for fun the way that, like, Robert right. and I do. Neither do my parents. They kind of have their things that they eat, like, every week. It's like, oh, today's Tuesday, so we get takeout from Panera. And right. And Friday nights, we go to quesadillas. And, you know, they have their things. Yeah, your parents are very ritualized. They are. Places, days that they go certain places. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, you know, takes that decision-making out of their day. I which, get it. if you're into that, cool. Yeah. My dad was a better, like, adventurous cooker. Like, he would be mm-hmm. the one who would be, like, trying to learn how to make this, like, certain dish or whatever. And he was very into, like, family ancestry at the time. So mm-hmm. he had, like, tons of family cookbooks and stuff from the South. Okay. Or, like, his old, like, You mean, like, South Southern America? Yeah. So my dad grew up in Maryland. And then okay. our, they used to live on a farm. Because it's your mom's family who has the Italian. Yes. Okay. And my dad's side is the Scottish. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been in America for a very long time. Okay. Um, Like, yeah. Like they, but he has family from the south. Yeah. Okay. So more like you know homey, not Pennsylvania Dutchy sort of mm-hmm. foods. Did he make biscuits? Um, yeah. Like okay. think like cornbread biscuits. Yeah. Um, but my nana had a huge sweet tooth, mm. so growing up for him was filled with like brownies and cakes, and it would be like okay. you know you have a turkey dinner, but like that's fine. But like the whole dessert Save room spread, for dessert. the dessert spread would be yeah. a buffet. Okay, and I remember going to my nana's <laughs> house and being like, "Dinner's whatever, but like bring on dessert." <laughs> That's going to be me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, do you have certain things you ate certain days of the week? No. I mean, we, we would get pizzas and we would get a pizza from the pizzeria down the street every Friday. Okay. And then there was a Chinese restaurant that opened, like, right around the block from that. And we would get Chinese mm-hmm. on, like, Saturdays. Okay. Because we had yeah. hot dogs and beans every Wednesday. That was your thing. Okay. <laughs> hot dogs Which and I beans. did not like. I'm like... <laughs> Poor mom. But so growing up, we were all in the youth choir at church, which rehearsed on Wednesday nights. 
So Wednesday was hot dogs and beans because it was really fast. You just dump the can of beans and the hot dogs together in a pot to warm up. And then I forget what we would eat on the side. And we always ate it in the plates that had the three compartments. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. So it was just a very fast, probably super cheap dinner that we would eat every Wednesday night before choir practice. And I can remember having these burps that just tasted like hot dogs and beans. And yeah, because I enjoy baked beans and I love hot dogs, but I only like hot dogs when they're grilled and get charred and stuff. Yeah, I feel that. Jesse was always a big fan of that meal, though. And I'm sure your parents probably thought about like, well, Jesse likes this meal. Sarah really likes this meal. You know, know. yeah, how that goes. But I, I do think that it'll be interesting because I think we're both foodies. So mm-hmm. how does that translate when you have kids? Oh, God. Like, because obviously kids, like, want chicken nuggets every day. Like, <laughs> if we had yeah. our way, we would have had chicken nuggets every day growing up, right? Or, like, right. whatever. Yeah. So let's, go, let's get into it. What were your, okay. like, favorite sort of childhood food slash snacks? Well, see... Well, wait, are we going to do the... Let's, we'll come back to, we'll come back to like family recipes okay. and stuff. Let's talk so, about like what we really love to eat. Okay. <laughs> the um, snacks were yeah. real. Well, speaking of cookies, I can remember getting a lot of the EL fudge cookies. Heck yes. The fudge stripes. Okay. That was a classic and I mean, so was I would still a tasty cake. Tasty cakes. I, don't, I think those were too fancy for us. Well, I think they were out of the budget. that was a treat I would get at my grandparents' house. Like, we would get yeah. a tasty cake at Grammy and Pop-Pop's house. Yeah. I used to love going to Abby's house because her mom mm. would have a whole drawer of snacks, and they were, like, fancy snacks. And you were like, I'm taking a handful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we both wrote down Dunkaroos. Yes. Which, I mean, is My there- parents barely had them available, though. It was like when we had Dunkaroos, you Best appreciate. Oh, I don't know if my mom ever bought them for us. I think I had them externally. I don't know. That's actually true because my parents, I remember having them in our, in our house a couple times, but it mm-hmm. felt very special. Yeah, like it wasn't a staple yeah. in our house. If so we I don't had know where it, I was it was definitely a special occasion. Would you would you swap snacks at school? Oh, always. That was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But like um, I'll trade you these Teddy Grams. Yeah. Or you take the Teddy I'll, tra- I'll trade you this little Debbie snack, my yeah. oatmeal cream pie for whatever yeah. you have. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Those so are favorite. So you wrote down handy snacks. I don't know what that is. Oh, Laura. What are snacks. they? Are they like gummies? Okay. No. What are they? Handy snacks are the things where like, it's either like crackers or pretzel rods in a compartment. And then on the <gasps> end, you have the cheese. Cheese. Okay. You yeah. dip it in. That's what those are called. Okay. So like two years ago. We got in an Uber that they had handy snacks in the back, and I, like, flipped out. Do you remember hugs, or I think we called uh, them little huggies? Yeah. What did you call them? Because we called I, them huggies. Okay, because yeah. when I Googled it, because I couldn't think of it. They're, um, like, barrel-shaped jeans, yes, right? And they have a foil lid that you take off. The blue ones? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. The red I, ones? Yeah. Um, apparently there's, like, 20 different names for those things, depending on where you grew up. Well, I remember, like, field trips and stuff. Like, if Mm, you had a good teacher, you would get huggies. Well, I think our friend Steve, who grew up across the street from me, I feel like he always had them at his house. So when he and I hung out, we would each have one. Yeah. 
And then that made me think of Squeeze-Its. Yes. Did you have those? Yep, yep totally at Squeeze-Its. Which I think is a Kool-Aid product. It had to have been something I like that. I think so. We'll link to all these yeah. in the show notes. So that was... It was kind of shaped like a skinny, yep. old-fashioned Coke bottle, but it was plastic. And, and it had this this top that twist you twist top. off. Yeah. But then you could squeeze it. And they were... I mean, these things must have had so much sugar <laughs> in them. Like, if we had well, them like, now... They're basically like melted freeze pops. Mm-hmm. Like, that amount of Which sugar. those were also a good snack. Yeah, they were. In the summer. Also, did you... Here's another summer classic. Um, The, like... What are they? The firework popsicles? They were like the red, white, and blue ones. Yep. Dude. Or the uh, chocolate eclairs. Oh, the strawberry shortcake ones. The best. Mm-hmm. Now, I wrote down a bunch of snacks that I didn't have often in my house, but when uh-huh. they were, again, a super yeah. treat. Fruit roll-ups. Yeah. Or also fruit by the foot. Fruit by the foot. Yeah. I think... Did you ever, with the fruit roll-ups, kind of fold it up funny, or they had the shapes you could punch out? My brother and I... Dealt with these snacks in a completely different way. Okay. This says a lot about our personalities. Yeah. <laughs> On a fruit by the foot, like mm-hmm. the long roll-up thing, yeah. I would take it all out, uh-huh. and then I would just like slowly nibble on it, like uh-huh. all the way. Yeah. Will would freaking smash that thing no. into a ball and just Ew, hulk no. it down. I was definitely a slow eater. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. But yeah, the... um. Uh, fruit roll-ups, though, they had, like, tongue tattoo ones and stickers and, like, oh, yeah, those were the best. Yep. Also, Gushers. Yeah. Oh, Gushers. Yeah. I would still eat a Gusher. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, really gross. I think there's a Bon Appetit video where she tries to make them. Oh, I think it is, um, Gourmet Makes. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find it and, like, She's probably made all of these, (laughs) probably, like, classic 90s snacks. Yeah. Gushers were really fun. Yeah, they were. Um, oh my gosh. Other thing, other snacks. We had, I like I mentioned, we had goldfish a lot. Like, we were not a goldfish family. Oh, we had lots of goldfish. We always had pretzels, though. That, See, but that was to go along with our ice cream habit. I did not like pretzels. In fact, oh. I guess throw it out there. I don't really like pretzels now. Really? Yeah. Both I hard like, and soft? I love a soft pretzel. Okay. Let me clarify. Mm-hmm. Love a soft pretzel. But yeah. a hard pretzel without chocolate on it... <laughs> Oh, okay. See, I can cheese. snack on them. I do like dunking them. They are cheese. better when you have something to dip them in. I will never eat a plain pretzel. <laughs> See, we used to grow, when I grew up, I think, have I already talked about the ice cream ritual at my house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to this day, my parents have ice cream every night at like 9 p.m. Which cracks me up because right. it's like such an American thing. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So I was spoiled in that way. So we always had ice cream in the house. But it wasn't a thing you would eat in the middle of the day. It was just, oh, yeah, that's our 9 p.m. snack. Right. Whatever. But my mom and still loves to have pretzels with her ice cream. And we had this big glass jar. That I can get into. And the ones we would get were, like, the larger, thin pretzels. Okay. They weren't, like, the little fat ones. They weren't were the big fat ones. They were kind of maybe medium size, but thin. Like thin rods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, not rods. They were the pretzel shape. Right. But like a thinner body. Yes. Yeah. So we always had them in a glass jar. And I can remember coming home from school and with my friend Ellen, who was on a previous episode, she and I would sit at my kitchen table with a glass of apple juice. And then eat the pretzels, 
But we would bite them so they were shaped like letters. And we would, like, write words (laughs) with them. (laughs) Probably a lot. Yeah. And also, again, apple juice is probably so much sugar. Now, you have a recipe that's like a salted pretzel situation, don't you, on your blog? I have... It's a salted pretzel ice cream yeah. with chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. So the ice cream base, like the creamy custardy base, is infused with pretzel flavor. I'm into that. But yeah. I just don't like I don't like a hard pretzel. You won't find me in that. I'll eat them if they're around. But yeah, they they're better if you have something to dip it yeah, in. Yeah, definitely. School yeah. lunches. Okay. School lunches. All right. Mine was always the same. Like, at, like through elementary school and high school? Okay. Yeah. For basically the first 18 years of my life, I had a PB&J every single day for lunch. Dang. But my lunch was PB&J, and With then crust. usually an apple, and two cookies. And the cookies rotated, depending on the week and what was bought. Um, you are Sometimes consistent. it was an EL fudge. Sometimes it was an Oreo. Sometimes it was some Nilla wafers, you know? Chips Ahoy. Or Lorna Dunes. Chips Ahoy. Yeah. My favorite were the one with the three M&Ms on it. Oh, yeah. What were those? Those were tasty. They're Chips Ahoy. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, so, but yeah. <laughs> Mine was very different. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in elementary school, my parents packed my lunch generally, and I don't really remember what I would eat. Probably like a PB, just a peanut butter sandwich, because I didn't really like PBJs till later. Now, I would, in high school, I like was very consistent. Almost every day of high school, I got a spicy chicken patty. See, this is where you every and I are very different. Day. <laughs> that seems every kind of day. Every day. But it was honestly one of the best things that we had. But this like, is like a breaded chicken patty? Yeah. Like a breaded, like crispy chicken patty. In mm-hmm. fact, they still serve them in my middle school yeah. when I get them Chicken patty is such a lunch term. Oh, yeah. A school lunch term. Yes. it. But it's consistent. It is like the same thing that I got. Yeah. And it is probably super processed. Like oh, super processed. I'm sure. Yeah. But was it advertised as spicy or did you make it spicy on your own with a condiment? No, it was. We had regular chicken patties and then oh. we had spicy chicken patties. Like pre-seasoned. Oh. Buffalo-y kind of. It wasn't buffalo though. It was sort of just had a kick to it. Okay. But I would always add like a mixture of mayo and ketchup to it. Oh. And that was my that was my jam. So I would then, once I hit middle school and high school, Wednesday was like my special day because that was pizza day. Oh, so true. Pizza that was the too. one day a week that I would buy and I would get a slice of pizza, a bag of chips, like um, either barbecue or sour cream and onion. Yeah. And then I'd splurge instead of milk, I would get like a peach iced tea. Ooh. See, I love a tea cooler. Oh, no. I was peach or raspberry tea. But my ultimate like specialty lunch in elementary school was when we had field day at mm. the end of the year where you do all the games and relays and whatever. Yeah. Red Rover the- and someone gets decapitated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that was our treat lunch and we would each get a Lunchable and a Sunny D. Oh, Lunchables were a treat. They yeah. were expensive. They were. That's why it yeah. was like just that day you could I have just it. had a Go-Gurt's. Oh, I did not. No. Mm-mm. Oh, see, I didn't like them plain, but frozen. Oh, that was interesting. That was what was up. I see. I'm not a yogurt person, and the thought of squeezing it out of a tube just please get that away from me. <laughs> no, my no, my brother would eat them plain, and I would just be like, let's freeze them, and then they're sort of like ice cream, like a frozen yogurt. Yeah, like frozen yogurt. Yeah. 
Okay, so you wrote down, what did our parents make for us when we would come home in college? Yeah. Which- My parents didn't make me anything. <laughs> Mom and dad didn't care. Actually, you know, though, my parents were, they introduced me to the idea of, like, going out as something that's, like, uh, like an adventure, like a little, mm-hmm. like, treat or whatever. My parents were really good about trying out new restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. So I will say when I came home, although they wouldn't make me something, they knew there were certain places I wanted to go. Like I wanted to go okay. get a burrito and I wanted to get a cowboy crunch. Right. And I <laughs> wanted to have pizza from Mama's Pizza, like classic Fridays and Chinese food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There wasn't ever a dish growing up that I was like yeah. super excited about to come home and have. Yeah. Well, I think that if anything, when I came home, like, my mom would maybe make her pizza or we just order it. Mm-hmm. But the thing I remember, and I don't think my mom knows this, but, like, I went to school in Philly. So when I came home for the weekend, I would usually take the train mm-hmm. to Lancaster and then I would get picked up. So it would be, like, a Friday night. It's probably, like, October, my first weekend home since school started. And it's dark out and you come in your warm house, which feels... So cozy Cozy. after living in a dorm for months. And my mom would almost always have made some box brownies. Oh, that smell. Yeah. And I don't know if she did this, like, when my brother Colin would come home from school or if it was, like, because it was me and I'm a brownie girl and... You know, my mom knows I love dessert and stuff. And it was That's so, so, so easy to throw together. So anyway, mom, I know you're listening. So thanks for making this. Those but that just seems brownies. like, you know, it's just like that little something extra. Like we don't normally have brownies at yeah. the house, but because I'm coming home for the weekend, That's we're going to have nice. brownies. And then I would eat most of them that weekend. That's really cute. Which I still do now. I mean, <laughs> if I ever make brownies, I have to take them to work or I will just go to town. I'm not going to lie. The taste of a, I mean, obviously, our tastes have changed. Like, mm-hmm. I've had your ultimate chocolate chip cookie, mm-hmm. Nestle pre-baked whatever, mm-hmm. like, is whatever. It's not the best. Yeah. But there is something about a box brownie that is box really Box brownies still hold. Bomb. Oh, no. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I love yeah. box brownies. Me too. I would never shame anybody for making those. No. And also, no shame to anyone who does like the Toll House chopped down cookies, Dude, too. Dude, those are good, those too. Those are still good. Also, <laughs> great cookie dough to eat. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to, but oh, I'm yeah. going to eat it. Of course I'm going to eat that. Okay. Okay, last question that we have about the whole taste like home stuff. Yeah. Do we have a family recipe book? My mom has a bunch of recipe cards. Okay. I think she has them in one of those books you can flip where like they... Like a scrapbook. Or, of. yeah, almost like a photo album, but you put in the recipe cards. Right, 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 right. I think she has it in one of those, but she has them scattered throughout. My mom has a binder. It's yeah, basically it's a three-ring like, binder with just printout papers, oh, old print recipe cards. Yeah. Everything's in there. My mom also has a bunch of things that she's printed off the internet Same. over the years that then she keeps. And or magazine cutouts yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But she does have a lot of recipes that came from her mom and my dad's mom that are even, like, in their handwriting on a recipe card. That's nice. So, that's well, nice. Yeah. I will say... My mom and dad were both working, like, full-time workers and also parents. And they did a really good job about, like, balancing that work-career parenting stuff. Mm-hmm. But food was never, like, the primary center of our family. It was mm-hmm. always, like, going out to do stuff or, like, making memories. Mm-hmm. But now being with Luke's family for almost six years... Yeah. I see how much food has played a part in, like, their side of the family. Like, Mama's mm-hmm. Hop's cooking is... 
a centerpiece of that family. It is. Like, to gather around the yeah. dinner table for them is a different thing than mm-hmm. it was for us. Did you not grow up eating dinner as a family? We ate dinner okay. all the time. Like, every, almost every night, unless I was in some show and I had okay. or something. But all four of you together. All four of us, every single night, would have mm-hmm. dinner. It would just be, like, it wasn't something that... My mom just didn't love to cook, so it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, this homemade, like... Yeah. You know, meal that is just so easy and like homemade. Yeah. No. It was much more like we made noodles tonight and like, right. you know, and yeah. put ragu in it and then like you eat it. Right. You know? <laughs> Which is like a shame as an Italian. Like, right. But whatever. <laughs> My mom like knows that that's yeah. just how but it is. But like a true Italian red sauce. Takes like hours. To Absolutely. Make. So that's and why my it's mom called now, a Sunday sauce, right? Yeah, and my mom yeah. now can make the best pesto. Like mm. now, it's a different story. But the, seeing the way that Luke's family grew up with food and like the dinner table as being like this big event, right? Like it, it was a meeting place for our family, but it wasn't like the center of the mm-hmm. night. Yeah. There were other things that we were doing. We, like, watched TV shows together. Or we would like go out and have like things that we would do activities. Mm-hmm. Um. But I would love to have her recipes mm-hmm. in my, like, future generational cookbook stuff. Because, like, she's so great at making pies and salsas yeah. and these sort Jam. of jams. And we've helped her out with making those. And she's walked me through step by step how to mm-hmm. do that. But to actually have those things, like, written down and to have yeah. saved, that's, right. like... That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, we have a couple recipes like that in my family. Like, the one um, that I wrote down, and I have this recipe on my blog, because I have a blog post about our family tree, and it's my grandma's coleslaw. Mm. So it's my mom's mom, because this is how, like, things are just so different, where when my mom was growing up, her mom, and I think my dad's family did this too, the big Sunday dinner. Yeah. So, like, my mom's mom would make... I think she would make her meatloaf and a whole spread, and it always included her coleslaw, which she made by hand every Sunday, fresh with, like, you know, she didn't have, I don't think she had, like, a food processor. So she's, like, chopping or shredding or whatever, the cabbage and stuff by hand. So that was, my mom had the recipe card for that, and when she gave it to me so I could develop it for the blog to write it the way you would write a recipe now. I looked at it and was like, Mom, this makes no sense. Like, <laughs> some of it, some of the ingredients didn't even have amounts. Like, it, it would, would just say like, salt. And I'm like, okay, what kind of salt? How much salt? Yeah. And also, yeah. basically, like, no instructions. Right. Yeah. So, I had to kind of tweak it to the way I would write a recipe. Right. But for my grandma, it was just the, that thing. It was basically by feel. She knew, oh, I like this much relish. Right. This much mayo. And yeah, maybe right. taste it. A little bit of sugar. You know, just to taste, yeah, or something. But it was something she did every week, and it you just became don't even think about it. To her, she just mm-hmm. like knew what's was supposed to go in what, yeah, yeah. And then on my dad's side, there was a recipe my mom would make for like holidays or birthday dinners, and it's called cheese pie. Mm. Have you ever had it? No. And it was, I, I mean, think, it's the cheese recipe. Cheese and its pies. So. Yeah, the recipe came from his mom. So they probably, because my parents grew up together, I'm sure my mom had eaten it several times mm-hmm. of my dad's mom making it. And I don't really like cheesecake, but I love this cheese pie because I think it's a graham cracker crust. Oh, so it's a sweet. Yeah. Okay. And I, then, I imagine it as like a more savory, like no, cheddar cheese or it's something. It's almost like a 
I don't even know if you have to, you probably do have to bake it, but I think it's like a cream cheesy insides, but I like it because it's very like lemony and tart. Mm, that sounds good. But it's really interesting. It's very light and refreshing, whereas cheesecake can feel kind of Dense. heavy. And, yeah. Yeah. And this is like a whole other ball game. Yeah. But I love that recipe. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, other, other things you want in your family recipe? and well, see, this Traditional is Traditional foods. I feel kind of bad and, like, no shade to my mom, but there weren't a ton of recipes that I grew up with that I loved, and this is why I didn't realize how much I enjoyed food until I went to college Mm -hmm. and learned a lot of new things because – and I think it's just that my tastes are very different from, like, my brother's where, you know, like, the spaghetti thing. I thought I didn't really like pasta because a lot of the pastas my mom would make were, like, red sauce-based and also ground beef-based – Right. I hate ground beef. Right. There you go. So, you know, it's just the things that I grew up with, like lasagna or whatever with the ground beef. I just didn't really like it. And, I mean, well, my mom used to make a tuna noodle casserole. That was one of the things I would request that, like, my brothers hated. <laughs> yeah. But I loved it. It was just, like, tuna and cheese and noodles. Yeah. Which, like, you know, it's Yum. also a very, yeah. like, 90s oh, yeah. casserole a kind of thing. tuna casserole. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Um, but there was a pizza recipe my mom would make that she started making when I was maybe in like middle school or high school. And I'm not even sure where she got the recipe. I should ask her, but the crust, it was a homemade crust. And a lot of times she would make and put some mushrooms on it. Cause I like that. Um, she would make like two of them, but this was more of like a weekend meal. Cause you have mm-hmm. to let the dough rise for a while. But the crust on that was very pillowy and doughy. Ooh. And when we did our Feast of St. Pizza in Lancaster, do you remember the Lancaster Brewing Company? Yeah. The pineapple pizza we had? The crust on that reminded me of the one my mom would make. Okay. Yeah, and that was sort of uh, softer and like... Yeah, yeah. and fluffy. So I do have that recipe written down. um, So I've been meaning to make that for a while. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, like, I don't know. But then, like, I feel like I'm going to have more recipes... Because I'm, like, a recipe developer kind of person. So, yeah. like, my chocolate chip cookies have become kind of right, that's a your thing, thing in our family where it's, like, yeah. at Christmas and holidays, like, people expect me to bring them. Right. And your lemonade. Yeah, the lemonade yeah. might be a new <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, similarly, like, I no shade to my parents at all. I feel like they would also <laughs> agree that, like, they're not, like, at the time they weren't super, like, artsy and experimental with what they were feeding us. Yeah. Um, but there are, like, some things, like, that they did make on special occasions that stand mm-hmm. out in my mind as, like, staple items. So my mom's side of the family would always make pizzelle cookies. Oh, those are um, the kind of licorice snowflake design. Yeah. Maybe, like, a press. Like a waffle iron yeah. press thing. Yeah. So we have, like, this very old family Because that's press. Italian? Yeah. But isn't um, it also, like, German? I think it... I think there must be some... German sort oh. of, in, in, but it, it it does use anise seeds in the traditional ones. Well, when you went to Italy this summer, you were in like a German, German yeah, northern area Italy. Italy, yeah. So yeah, maybe it's like from that maybe region. Yeah, they're hmm. called pizzelle cookies. I don't know. Um, they're but they're really thin. They're mm-hmm. light and they're. Delicious. I don't really like them. Oh, I love them. <laughs> but I used to not. My mom used to take the anise out of them when I was little, and I just mm. and they put powdered sugar on them. Oh, well, that sounds better. and that was that was really good. Yeah. So you can do that if you don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's a recipe I definitely Wait, want so to carry on. Did she have a press for it? Mm-hmm. 
So what does that look like? Is that something you plug in? Yeah, it was sort of like a waffle iron. You would plug uh-huh. it into a wall, and um, it's just not as, like, thick. It's just really, And so really it, like, cooks them. Yep. Like a waffle. So you make the batter, yeah. and then you just sort of take, like, a oh. dollop of it, and then you seal it like a waffle press, and then huh. take a, a little, you know. So is her pizzelli press really old? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's from the straight 50s. Yeah, It's okay. super chunky. That's cool. Um, But you could probably buy, you know. Mm-hmm. But it'd be cool to use that one. Um, my okay, so my Italian side of the family used to do like the whole fish meal of Christmas, mm-hmm. like the feast of the seven fishes. Yeah, and it was a whole thing. We sort of stopped. We still serve shrimp, and we and we do lasagna instead, just because it's just easier for everyone to it not just have to do. So random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a whole thing. And also when my Italian, like my pop-pop side of the family was more involved and they weren't as old, mm-hmm. like my nona and my nanuts was, they would come over and they would make like all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom would tell me these stories of like cow brains and like all Whoa. sorts of very weird delicacies. Yeah. And I really wish I could experience that. And another thing I feel like is I wish there was just the sort of gendered stereotype mm-hmm. of Italian American families during this time period where... Mm-hmm. My pop pop didn't learn to cook at all. Yeah. Like, he couldn't tell you anything. Like, he could, mm-hmm. you know, go to the grocery store and he knew every single person at the market, mm-hmm. but he could never actually make anything that his mother made. Yeah. And that makes me sad because, like, yeah. I don't ever get to make that. Right. So, I guess, like, looking back, I really wish that my, like, true Italian family recipes were to still be available to me but mm-hmm. it probably was one of those things where they eyeballed a bunch of things and they just oh. knew how to make them yeah the whole spread of italian things you could probably ever wish so i really yeah. wish that my pop-up would have been able to have been mm-hmm. learning that stuff but it just wasn't really a thing yeah that men were involved in cooking in the yeah. kitchen that was like a female domain so so you know how i said my dad loves spaghetti mm-hmm. well where he grew up in his neighborhood outside of philly in Upper Darby, they had neighbors down the street who were the Testinos, this mm-hmm. Italian family. And I don't know how my dad, like, wormed his way into their Sunday afternoons. Or I, I just picture my dad wandering down the street into their house and hanging yeah. out with them while these Italian women would... I think he said, like, their whole dining room table would be full of fresh pasta Ugh, dough. And they're, amazing. like, they've got the thing that clamps onto the table. Rolling to, it out. To roll out the, the sheets of spaghetti and or whatever. And they would make spaghetti and meatballs and, like, I think true Italians call it gravy. Yeah. Or gravy is if it has meat in it in the sauce. Um, Because my aunt's Italian know. and she I calls mean, it gravy. I've heard it called gravy, like, for just tomato-based mm-hmm. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. So, whatever. So, one of those. But yeah. anyway, so he has these childhood memories of this other family making every Sunday making this thing. spaghetti and meatballs from scratch. And, like, years ago, we actually went and visited his old house, and we went to their house, and I think one of them was still alive, and we talked to them. Because I feel like that's why I can, like, see it in my right. head. But, yeah, so... That Italian... I mean, like, the Italian-American, like, cooking tradition is so special. And it makes mm-hmm. me sad because um, 
I don't think that was passed on to my mom because it was my grandfather's sort of whole mm-hmm. domain. And my Grammy had a very broken family. So, like, they, mm. she didn't even really have a relationship with her family that much. Yeah. So, it was this other side of the family. And he was a boy. And the mother... Or, sorry, the wife would, you know, was... She just wasn't involved. She had four young kids. Whatever. Yeah. I feel like it was just a missed opportunity. And I really wish I had my hands on those recipes. I'm sure if I asked my, like, great aunts children yeah. that they could probably pass those on right but um mm-hmm. yeah that, i mean we've also taken on learning italian cooking on our own mm-hmm. which you know like we're gonna make pasta tonight like let's go right but <laughs> i really wish like those family recipes i could have had but other things my nana makes really good hummingbird cake have you ever had that no i don't think so i feel well, like i've heard of it so tell me what it is <sighs> I'm going to get this wrong. It's coconut, and it has pineapple, I'm pretty sure, in it, too. Okay. I thought it was something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's really, really, really moist. There's, is there a that. syrup that you pour over it? Yeah. It's sort of like a like um, a glaze, mm-hmm. sort of. It's not like an icing. It's okay. sort of a glaze. My dad makes really good, really good hummingbird cake, but it's my Nana's recipe. Okay. So my dad has all these recipes from my Nana, like brownies and cakes and biscuits and more baking sort of dishes that Mm -hmm. were family loved. And my dad has made a really, really famous corn bake, which we've mentioned before, Mm -hmm. which is this not like cornbread because it's thicker and it's in a casserole dish. Yeah. It's a little bit more moist and it's almost yeah. like a cake consistency. Yeah. But it's savory. Which is what Robert's family Corn makes. Corn stuff, right? Well, yeah. So his aunt makes it for Christmas and she does it in the 9 by 13 yeah. pan. And it's probably more like the way your dad makes it. But Robert's immediate family makes it on a sheet pan, so it's very thin. Yeah, like crispy, right? Have you had it when we've made it? Yeah, you had it here at, um, uh, when the Corneliuses were here over the summer. When was that? Robert's birthday? Yeah. Did we make it? I'm pretty sure it was there. No, we got corn pudding from the place where we got the meat. Never mind. Yeah. So if you haven't had our version, I'm sure Robert loves to take it to potlucks and stuff. Yeah. So. And the last thing I would say that I would also want to pass on is my mom is actually really good at making quiches. Oh. And quiches can go really bad because yeah. especially if you get them too wet. Yeah. Ugh, they're Ooh. so disgusting. My mom, though, has perfected a quiche. I want her recipe. Uh, I will I will gladly give it to you because okay. whenever I go over now, it, we now make a quiche for lunch. Like, that's what we do. Does she do homemade pie crust? No. She okay. could if she wanted to, I'm but sure. But she just gets, like, the, the frozen pie crust. She gets the crust. pre-made crust, but then okay. she, like, has it down so that it's, like, the perfect consistency. Mm. Like, it still has a nice, like, eggy yeah. middle, but it's not dry, and it's not okay wet at the bottom. What does she put in it? So she's sort of, sort of like me with the red curry thing. Mm-hmm. She really wanted to learn how to make tomato pie because of the Tomato Pie Cafe in Lidditz. So she oh. makes a really good tomato pie, but then she also puts a lot of eggs in it. So it's like an eggy, tomato-y sort of okay. thing. But she also does, like, at Christmas, she'll have a whole spread of quiches. It'll be, like, oh, bacon, egg, smart. and, like, onion. And then another one will be more traditional, just, like, egg and cheese. And then another one will be... Wow. What a trip down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there's stuff we could, like, we could talk about this even longer. Oh, yeah. But we'll save that for the so, f- yeah, future again, episode. If we missed your favorite or you grew up a little bit younger or older than us, like, tell us your, like, nostalgic, yeah. homey sort of foods you would grow up with. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I didn't even talk about frozen pizzas, guys. Mm. Frozen pizzas were a staple. Man, 
Yeah. So many things we could talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Yeah. We're going to do a listener question. Okay. This listener question comes from someone you met last episode. (laughs) Someone you should be familiar with, Mr. Luke John Topping. (laughs) My boyfriend of six years. Well, almost six years. Um, And his question is, what is your take on intermittent fasting? So. Oh, here we um, go. This is something that Robert has actually been doing consistently for maybe like a year now. Okay. And so the way he it's does it. It's become trendy in the past year, I would it say. It has. But, but so Robert does it where he, from the time we finish eating dinner, he will not eat for 16 hours. Mm-hmm. He will drink black coffee in the morning, but then he'll eat. He breaks his fast. So it's kind of a 16 8 Mm-hmm. Cycle. Ratio. So there's like an eight hour window where he eats and then 16 hours off. I was doing it for a little bit when I was working on healing my digestive issues and stuff because it can be very good for your digestive system because it allows mm-hmm. your body to fully go through the digestive cycle and rest and recharge. But it's very different for women than it is for men. Yeah. So women... They recommend only fasting for like 12 to 14 hours. So that's what I was doing. I was trying to do minimum 12 hours, but 13 or 14 if I could. And I think initially it did help me with my digestive problems. So that was good. But then I think it started to mess with my menstrual cycle. I was just going to say, because when you change your diet mm-hmm. as a woman and yeah. you're restricting. And as someone who wakes up starving on a regular basis. We're me, very different that way. Right. So yeah. you don't get hungry till later. I wake up starving. Like sometimes even if I wake up very early or in the middle of the night to pee, like, I have to quick fall back to sleep <laughs> because I'm starting to get hungry. So that's for funny. me, this was really hard. And so it worked for me a little bit. And then I'm not sure if it was just a coincidence and I had something else going on, but it definitely screwed up. Mm. Like something went weird with my period, which I'm extremely regular. So this was like that's a bad red flag for me. Yeah. And um and the reason for that is as women and having bodies that are designed to grow babies in our body and ovulate and stuff, as soon as your body feels like it's starving. It will shut that stuff down. Right. It'll restrict whatever you're doing. So our hormones are just way more sensitive to this stuff than men's are. So that's why it can be an issue for women. So now I still try to wait 12 hours. But if I'm starving and it's only been 11 or 11 and a half, I eat. Yeah. I just don't worry about it. My whole thing. Well, first of all, before I say anything. Have you seen the meme? <laughs> it's like, congratulations, millennials. You've literally figured out how to skip a meal and call it intermittent fasting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's pretty that. much what it is. Yeah. But um, it's like something like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure we can Or find people it. like you who have always wanted to skip breakfast. You're yeah. like, yay. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, mm-hmm. I would say like on the weekends, it's a little different because on the weekends, I always sort of crave like sort of a 
treat breakfast, like going mm-hmm. out for crepes at Rachel's or like a bagel or something. Mm-hmm. But my day-to-day life, Monday through Friday, I don't wake up hungry. Mm-hmm. I don't even wake up thirsty half the time. Oh, so I'll just wake up and then I'll have coffee. Yeah. Um, I used to take it with like cream and stuff, but now I just do almond milk, mm-hmm. which I guess would be breaking the fast. But it's a, Some people say it is. Some people say it's not. But... I also drink, like, hot coffee black now. That's how I know I'm an adult. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm intense. Um, <laughs> All my kids make fun of me. They're like, you drink black coffee? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what Robert does. Yeah, well, hot coffee. I don't really like... I really like iced coffee with almond milk. See, I'm so, the opposite. I could more easily... Like, I actually drink decaf cold brew black. Okay. But I... I don't even like hot regular coffee. Yeah. I for sure don't like it black. Oh, I love <laughs> off of it. But I've been skipping. I've been skipping breakfast since I've been working, and mm-hmm. even in college, I didn't really eat breakfast either. I would just yeah. have coffee. I would go to class, and then around eleven, eleven thirty, it would be time to eat, and then I would be hungry, and then I right. eat. So I've literally been intermittent intermittent fasting for a yeah. very long time not knowing that I was doing it yeah but it works for my body right and I think like that's the thing yeah so yeah that's how I feel about it it's like if you're interested go ahead and try it but you have to pay attention to how your body reacts right. to it because if you it introduce work this, really well or it can go haywire yeah if you introduce this and you're feeling awful mm-hmm. and your period like for your your yeah. whole situation if your period becomes off or if you just are crabby and you're hungry <laughs> like hello that's after, me <laughs> yeah it's just like is it worth it i'm not exactly yeah. sure you should try it see yeah. how it works but like I don't think any, like, diet or digestion solution is for everyone. Yeah, and I yeah, think... for sure. Like, these sort of, like, keto and intermittent fasting things came out around the same time. And I think mm-hmm. people go full throttle with that. And sometimes it's just, like... Yeah. Just be careful. <laughs> yeah. Do your research, too. Because yeah. also keto can be, like... If you have certain health issues, keto can be really bad. Oh, Although, yeah. if you have diabetes, keto can be fantastic. All right, shall we go to recommendations? Yes. Okay. I'll go first. What do you got? I'm recommending a very on-brand newsletter that I think, if you listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. you would also like. I wonder if it's what I think it is. The Girls' Night In yep. newsletter. <laughs> Did I tell I you about it? I love them. No, I don't know how. I think they were introduced to me th- through Forever 35. Oh, maybe? okay. I was already subscribed yeah. by the time oh. they had her on. I love this newsletter. Also, yeah. let it be known, I don't subscribe to, like, any newsletters. Yeah. I'm actually behind on my girls' <sighs> night ends, but I <sighs> do love it. Well, I love them because it is sort of like a happy little Friday thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they come in your – it comes in your inbox on Friday, and it's not spammy at all. No. It's all very, like, conversational, light. It's obviously female-friendly. Mm-hmm. But I do think that – it's very, like, self-care, food, wellness, yeah. um, things that'll yeah. just make you happy. It's like a happy little inbox treat. Yeah. And um, their last newsletter, we're recording this a little bit before this is going to release. Yeah. Um, but their last newsletter, um, they mentioned this article that they, they have so many great, like, recommendations. Yeah. Um, they've sponsored with certain brands that I love already, but they linked to an article by Food and Wine that I sent you that was mm. uh, a cheesemonger's guide to, like, Trader Joe's cheese section. Yeah. And I was like, I am so here for this. <laughs> yeah. So 
they're just great. And I think it's really, really fun. And so often mm -hmm. I get negative feelings when I open up my inbox, but this mm -hmm. is the one thing that I'm like looking yeah. forward to. For so, me, it's like a treat on a Friday afternoon or something yeah, or during nice. my lunch break to be like, ah, oh, I'm going to open that email. Yeah. And I'm just going to read fun and interesting things. They have book recommendations, They podcasts, have a book club. They, yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. just a whole community. And it's designed for people who would basically rather stay in on a Friday night and, and right. watch Netflix or read a book or whatever yeah. than people who want to go out to the club. And right. Whatever. And it's very <laughs> positive. It's very like, it's just yeah. a cozy little in yeah. inbox it's treat. It's cozy. But I really do like it. And I, I maybe we'll link to the article that I posted about the cheesemonger. We've actually mm -hmm. talked about doing that as an episode in the future. Yes. Let us so, know if you want us to do that. Yeah. Have a cheese tasting Trader Joe's. We should mm -hmm. just like go loose on Trader Joe's and mm -hmm. just be like, here's what I found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's cool. That's my rec. Um, mine is a person I've really enjoyed following on Instagram. She's a fitness person. Her name is Shona Virtue. Okay, so up. I will put her handle. I think it's Shona underscore Virtue. It's V-E-R-T-U-E. Okay. So she is someone who grew up as a gymnast and then was a dancer and stuff. But now she's a fitness kind of personality. But she's kind of famous for getting David Beckham into yoga. So that's cool. Yeah. So she's a yoga instructor, but she also... Um, does a ton of, like, strength-based stuff. So I really enjoy following her because, for one thing, she talks a ton about why you should be doing strength work and also yoga. And yoga kind of from this perspective of mobility. So she talks a lot about the reasons for fitness that have nothing to do with aesthetics and just the reasons it's good for your body and good for your health Which and all that stuff. Which is the mindset all fitness coaches should have. Yeah. Like, and she's really good at, like, calling out the fitness world for giving bad information. Yes. And I love following her stories because she's just fun. She has an accent because she's originally from Australia, but now she lives in London. Okay. And she's just really fun. She's super down to earth. Like, she'll say whatever's on her mind. She'll talk about stuff that you wouldn't expect her to talk about. And almost every day, there's a video of her dancing and lip syncing in her kitchen while she's making oh, coffee. Oh, yeah. You've told me about this. So, yeah, I think she's super fun. I actually just bought her book called The Virtue Method. Okay. But she has an online program you can do. It's like a 12-week course of workout. She has a podcast. She does? Yeah. What's it called? Vice and Virtue. Oh, I'm checking that out. Hello. Um, but yeah, I think she's really interesting how she she's developed this program that is strength and yoga. And that's something I really need to work on. I was going to say, because you're not a huge yoga fan. I'm not. You do so, it. Yeah, I yeah. do it from time to time. But it's I'm really of the mindset of doing the workout that you're in the mood for. Yeah. And I'm hardly ever in the mood for yoga. But I feel like with someone with her personality doing yoga, and she has some videos on YouTube. So, like, one day I was having back pain, so I did her – I did one of her yoga videos. But she has a lot that are more just, like, relaxing and stuff. So, I don't know. It's interesting reading her book about her philosophy of fitness and stuff. And she also talks about how 
If you're someone who has a very stressful life, like a HIIT workout is probably not the best thing for you to be doing. No. And you probably should be doing something more like yoga or something very calming to your central nervous system and stuff. So it's a very balanced approach. Very balanced. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, she's just fun and she has really good information. So I would recommend it if you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a good definitely. follow. Yeah. Sounds like she has a good perspective on everything Mm -hmm. so that's always good because i feel like when you see like a fitness person on instagram it can be a little like intense sometimes Mm -hmm. but yeah that's and like i don't like the people who are like i'm counting my macros and whatever yeah like you know i yeah for me that's way too intense and restrictive and i think can be super unhealthy for most people Mm -hmm. so she doesn't do anything like that that's cool yeah that's very cool okay one episode. We talked a lot. We. <laughs> it's so funny how I always feel like we almost need to apologize for talking so much when that's literally the purpose literally, of what this is. Yeah, like I'll text Sarah and I'll be like, oh my gosh, we're so chatty as I'm editing our episode, <laughs> yeah. like trying to like whittle it down. And she's like, yeah, that's pretty much the point. And I was like, true. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally why people are tuning in. Yeah. But anyway, hopefully thanks for joining. Hopefully you're enjoying our chattiness. Yeah, I that's mean. That's why you're here. Yeah. But <laughs> we hope that this is, like, you're listening in on our conversations yeah. anyway, so. Although, our friend Abby, she recently told me that that's why she enjoys it, because it just sounds like friends talking, and, yeah. you know, like you're just hanging out with friends. Yeah. And that's what we wanted it to be. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, hopefully, we give that vibe <laughs> to more than just Abby. Yeah. Let's hope. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, don't forget to send us your questions. Reach out to us on Instagram, Passport Pizza Pod. Send us an email, hello at passportsandpizza.com. Leave us a voicemail at 717-964-0215. Yep. And our show notes with links and details of products, everything that we've talked about, our recommendations will be linked on our website at www.passportsandpizza.com. But they're also on the podcast show notes too which is like you click the link and that'll take you right where you need to go like yes the website right right yeah we're we're trying to make it easy for you yeah definitely and if you haven't checked out our show notes you should because i put a lot of stuff in those yeah so if you just want to peruse you're like what was that thing that they talked about like yeah you know yeah like check it out probably linked to something fun and interesting and especially for this like who knows if some of these foods are still available on amazon you may be able to just, like, yeah. shop right away. Right? So yeah. let's go. <laughs> and then if you want to follow us individually, you can on Instagram. I'm at Sarah underscore Cornelius underscore with no H on the Sarah. And Lara is at Rome and Go Lightly. And that's R-O-A-M. The verb. Not the place. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to my brother, young William Will I Am, who I was jealous of his nickname when he was growing up because... Will I am? I was like, I don't get a cool nickname. I never got. Did a cool he have nickname. that nickname because of what's his face from? No, this is before. Really? Before Black Eyed Peas? Yeah. Oh. Making our theme music. That He's a great it. music producer, so check him out. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next episode. Yeah. Talk to you next time. Peace. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. She like goes yeah off on a quiche.